This is Drew, and this is the new Owl Once Was Lost podcast. It was what locals, I'm sure, would call an average day in Mount Angel, Oregon, on both Thursday, January 31st, at 53-degree high, 28-degree low, through to Sunday, which dropped a little bit further down to 47 degrees as a high, 36 degrees as a low, with zero snow on the ground, at least in Mount Angel itself and the surrounding area. Those are two dates that I'm mentioning now because they're going to come up later, which would possibly be evidence, I believe, in what to me is one of the most obvious cases of foul play or suspicious activity minimal, which of course would have to be proven with lots of circumstantial evidence. That is one thing this case is not lacking, and that's circumstantial evidence and direct evidence of a possible young man's death, be it unintentional by man or intentional by another's hands. We're going to let you be the judge. So I want everyone to welcome everyone to the first true episode of the Owl Once Was Lost podcast. We are the companion podcast for the Owl Once Was Lost missing persons application. So we work together as a tool. It's kind of like a symbiotic relationship, if you want to think about it that way. When used together, we will save many, many lives. And we just need to have you, our listeners, to please pass this phone app and podcast on to everyone you know with children, uh, elderly, uh, you know, with dementia possibly, or the mentally challenged, uh, people that are living with you, or maybe they're at a nursing home or even maybe a friend you might have that meets this criteria. If you just enjoy helping to solve cases, then this is the ultimate challenge for you because everything that we do is in real time, except, of course, this first episode and series because we're coming in a little bit later as a partner. So this is the game changer, though, is combining the podcast because uh, it's a little bit different than a traditional podcast. The literal definition uh, of one, and we will find the missing possibly as fast as within 20 minutes of being uploaded to the phone app or the family being interviewed by us on the podcast. It's that fast, folks. It's free. There's no ads on the app. This is a labor of love. The guy that created it, he doesn't make doesn't make a penny. He's put everything into this. So, you know, please listen to the first episode about our partnership to get a better feel of how this came about. Uh, you can find that once you do subscribe to the podcast. We shared a need to give back and create the best phone app tech with the popularity of a podcast into a no-brainer life-saving partnership. This, again, only works if this app and podcast are on everyone's phones. And when someone of over 800,000 children, this isn't isn't even including adults, are reported missing each year, we can be searching within minutes. Not 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours, depending on the state, 
This again works in real time. That's really important that people understand that and get that. The cast will work in real time, which will be another first in podcasting. So please take the time to download both right now even if you need to. Just stop. Go and download the phone app, wherever you get your phone apps from, if you've got an Apple or an Android, and then go and download the podcast. They're one in the same name. Um, just one's a, an app and the other one is a, a podcast. So it take you less than two or three minutes to do that and come back on. Or do not forget when we get off, I'm going to be reminding you when we're done. And then, of course, we're going to want you to tell five of your Facebook friends or any other social media where you can reach out to a lot of people, especially with children, explain what this does and that it exists. Because a lot of people don't understand that this even exists, that there's tools like this. The FBI has something similar. It's very, very good. But of course, their main focus is on, you know, the 10 most wanted as far as criminals. Yes, of course, they work with children, missing children, missing persons, but it's not focused on that. And that's what we do. And again, we're working in real time. You're not going to find somebody there in the app with the FBI that's going to start working with you immediately. It's just not going to happen. So go and look at it. The owl alone with the spread of our wings. That's what Nick likes to say. He's the guy that created it. That became more and more outstretched. The more people you can help to get us, it's that simple. Yet it's 100% effective. No, of course, we're not going to find all 800,000 plus children who go missing each year. But we will make a dent. I promise you that. We will fight an epidemic of child abductions, sex trafficking, which is huge. I, I don't think people realize how big sex trafficking actually is with children. And a lot of rings have been arrested, um, put into prison, taken to court. But of course, you're not hearing that on the news um, because President Trump has taken that under his own wing uh, to do. So you're not going to hear about that. But they are actually making a lot of headway. Uh, They're gaining ground. So find, uh, you know, your, your beloved elderly parents that might have Alzheimer's uh, who just wandered off by accident. This happens every day. It actually happens hundreds of times. They're not as easy to find as you think either because they're not predictable. Uh, when they're in that state, they're not going to be heading in a direction that you think they might be heading in that makes sense to you. So we need people to know immediately. Amber and silver alerts. Everybody, I'm sure, has heard of those. They're fine, but they're not effective enough unless you are directly behind the car. You're going to forget about it minutes later as you concentrate on driving. That's where I see them is on the interstate. And I see them and I try to look around, but I'm going to forget because I'm concentrating on driving on the interstate so I don't get whacked by somebody. So, You know, you only get the car, you get the license plate, you find out if it's a girl or a boy that's been abducted. Same thing basically for a silver alert uh, and the elderly. But this is also after uh, a ton of time has passed. They can be anywhere. So even after that alert's been up there, trust me, there's there's been a, a lot more time. Maybe it's a little bit quicker than the 24 or 48 hours, but I, sh- but I assure you it's already been a number of hours before that thing has been put out. So, and that's just not good enough. There, there's no way um, 
you know, and we don't want to say don't pay attention. Dear God, no, pay attention. But get this app and get the podcast. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to keep drilling that into you guys um, because I hear, I listen to, I actually, I actually have over 70 podcasts downloaded. I'm a junkie. Um, I don't particularly like true crime podcasts that much, but I do have a number of them that I do listen to, some of the better ones. But I hear at the end constantly, whether it's law enforcement or the family themselves, literally and truly say, I wish we had something that we could do that we could circumnavigate, you know, around the laws where we could get the information out in real time. My blood starts to boil because it's there. It's, and it's a phenomenal app. I mean, it'll blow you away if you just go and take a look at it and see its capabilities. So we want nothing from you. Uh, you know, they don't want to sell you products. We only want to provide you and every other citizen a way to find your lost loved one as fast as you can, as fast as you can type, literally. We get notified and we will be contacting you to get additional information to help ASAP. So you understand the simplicity? I mean, it's that simple, guys. Okay, so both of these take under five minutes, as I said, to download at the same time, which you can go again, do right now. And even more important, once you do that, you've got to hit five stars on the review. If people already have podcasts, especially with Apple, they're going to know what I'm talking about. It's not an actual real review. That's how you're found. And you've got to have tons of them. You've got to have at least a thousand. And that's really not that many you know, compared to the amount of listeners as we grow that we'll have, but for to start moving up in the algorithms. If you want to leave a review, then you can leave a written review and tell us anything you guys want. Tell us how we're doing. Um, tell us how we've been able to help you or tell us what you'd like to see um, that we don't have available right now. But again, it's just important that you hit the five stars, make it as high as possible. Um, but again, if we're doing something wrong, just write it. You know, people are going to see it. They're going to notice it. We're going to read it and, and we'll fix it. But the five stars is what's going to get us seen so people can download it. Okay. Uh, in between any uh, missing person cases that will be out there as we grow. And of course, as we grow, it's algorithmic, right? And uh, just to use that term again, we're going to get more cases. And as we do, we're going to be very, very busy. Uh, handling those cases in real time. We'll actually be hiring probably even more hosts to help us that might work a midnight shift or something. Um, so again, we can always be live. Imagine that. Imagine what we could do if it was 24-7 like that. But anyways, in between, we're going to be doing cold cases and the ones that have the most chances of being solved. We have access to big organizations that carry a lot of the data there's one that has over 20,000 cold cases alone. Uh, they're a private charity. So we'll have their information available. So there's always going to be something running uh, at least once a week. And it's absolutely heart-wrenching. All of this is avoidable. Even law enforcement, uh, again, has no idea it's available. And again, like I said, I hear from families all the time that say the same thing. Um that they just don't realize it's there. All they got to do is look it up. And again, it's OWL, O-W-L, stands for once was lost. That's all you got to put with the application. And then once was lost podcast, that simple. Um, our Patreon money, which is the funds that are donated 
to this podcast will all go to charity. And there's a great one that provides private investigators for families that cannot afford them because they're very expensive. Um, but of course, you know, we got to maintain the application as well. Uh, but the point is, this isn't going to line, you know, our, our pockets and, and become rich. It's going to help these charities. It's going to help the application to build out that cold case uh, section that we do need to have. We don't have right now. Uh, as tech is dynamic, it's always changing. And so we're going to always be ready to employ any new criminology elements that are needed, uh, like what they've done with the DNA databases and finding the Golden State Killer. And BTK. I mean, how, how incredible was that? Um, I, you know, I have some issues with the privacy part of it, but you know what? They found this guy. That's that's the most important thing. I got to look at it that way, and I really do. This this guy was heinous, uh, very. I mean, just as evil as it gets. And I'm just glad they found him. So, please just give us that five star rating, as I said, uh, so that we can be found in those algorithms. Um, you, you know, and that's really with Apple. Uh, but it's also with Google as well. Our very first case, I'll tell you, it's an absolute ball of craziness. We are also extremely sad to say that this is not a missing persons case, but it's turned into an extremely suspicious closed case of a story we have all heard before. Two men head into the wilderness one comes back out. Then the stories start to come out and are different each time. And this is well after the survivor, and I say that loosely, had spoken to many others as this person made their way out of the so-called treacherous wilderness that they claim to have only been lost two days and a night and that's changed. That story has changed many times, but I think that's what it is now. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, don't put a pin in that, though. So, again, it, it's, there's so many things that change here that we'll go over with you guys. The weather, as mentioned, in being uh, in the beginning was cold, but not cold enough to kill you in one night. It also had not begun really snowing. And becoming very cold until a number of days after the survivor made it out, but told many strangers untruths, causing law to find this very suspicious, to say the least. The local law enforcement was already saying it. Due to the enormity of the information on how the case was handled and the word suspicious used by both local and the town folk of Mount Angel and spread out to the entire state of Oregon, even though this case has more twists and turns and rabbit holes that seemingly pop up out of nowhere or were dug up on purpose with both the shovel of truth and the shovel of lies. And within those holes, many rumors float in that darkness. So we're here today to start a minimal three-part, if not four-part series to get to the bottom of what happened to Jeffrey Vance. Because to a person I've spoken to, the news reports, online sleuthing forums, which are very professional, mind you, and of course the family, we all to a person find this a case pushed aside, a case with suspicious characters and events all intertwined both with 
is circumstantial and what many find factual evidence for Jeffrey's death being not an act of God or accident with no foul play. This was only determined after some previous detectives had mentioned the suspicions and the possible foul play that separate detectives and law enforcement were assigned. And then all of a sudden it changed to nothing to see here. Move along. Uh, Thanks for playing. So we have a tremendous amount of respect for the men in blue or whatever colors they use in Oregon and the detectives that are out there that give their lives to solve cases such as this. Some of them, some of them work 30 years. They work past the retirement on cases. Okay. But it is possible to have a bad apple. We don't know. You know, we're just, just laying that out there. It's, it's hypothetical, but it did start off as being suspicious and then ended up being wrapped up as a cold case. And, and there's just something wrong with that. We see that every day as well, you know. So we're not claiming it occurred, only that the case was closed way, way too early before all of the evidence could be presented. Don't worry over the series. We will present to you what we feel will make you demand that the case be reopened for justice, if deserved, is meted out appropriately and the guilty unable to ever manipulate and hurt anyone ever again. If that's where the evidence leads, if that's where the answer lies, that another human being caused the death of Jeffrey. You mix drug use an estranged wife who, by the way, I asked to be interviewed as minimally five times and she had agreed to be interviewed. Then she missed her day. She had to find a computer. I said, that's fine. Gave her a few more days. Couldn't find a computer. I don't know what was going on. She made one more last statement and that was it completely missing. And from what I've heard, that's, that's not (laughs) unusual for her. Um, And again, My job is just to be objective, lay out the information, give her a chance to explain what happened. But when you don't come on a show like this, no, this isn't like, you know, lie detector test, whatever. You know, this isn't information for court, though it could be, I guess. But if you've got nothing to hide, there should be no reason that you do not come on here to be interviewed and just ask some basic questions. So we don't claim to be anything. However... If you've done nothing, as I said, but you're also suspicious because she would have had to be, then let's find out. Let's find out what's going on. Crickets. I mean, silence. Just, I mean, just silence. So you can decide what you want about that. This is not new behavior. It's it's really the behavior of just about all of the people that you're going to find involved and mention in this case. And they'll have a chance to call in because this is going to run over a number of weeks. And if they hear it, they might want to hop on the phone or send me an email to once was lost podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. And I'd be happy to, to interview you. So the rest of the people that uh, revolved around the case uh, that we hear about are not online Uh, or I'm sorry, in line for the Douglas County Man or Woman of the Year Award and have only built roadblocks in front of Jeff's family 
always just being there at the right moment, like finding the broken down truck before police found it and much, much more, which you'll learn what that means. But I'm calling today's episode The Ballad of Jeffrey Vance. I just really like that name because he was a 30-year-old cowboy at heart. That's how I looked at him. And I even believe I heard his mother say that, if I remember correctly. But that is the way that I looked at him. Prepared, knew what he was doing. And that's why so much of this is going to be so suspicious to you. Yet still in transition into a true man's man. A skilled laborer, good with management too, even without formal training, still finding his place in this world, but taken away from this mortal coil by events or actions, I have a sinking feeling were avoidable. And if Jeffrey maybe had listened to his own instincts and those of his family and not tried so hard to save people, which we've all done, I've guilty of that as well. I've done the same thing and have found myself in, in a bad position. And if these people had not been meth addicts and out of their minds with paranoia and filled with drug-fueled psychosis, Jeff may still be here today. I don't know. I'm speculating, obviously. Always listen to your gut, people. Always listen to your mom, <laughs> no matter your age. If you have a good relationship, because they know when something is wrong. So that being said, let me introduce you to Angel, to Jeffrey Vance's mother. Say hello, hello, Angel. Hi, Drew. <laughs> you you hit it perfectly. Long opening, but yeah, oh, I just well, wanted to get it all out. Yes. Well, I told you the first question I wanted to ask you. Um, well, no, I actually, I'm sorry, I just jumped in front of you, asked you how you were doing first. <laughs> how are you? Um, hanging in? Hanging in. Hanging in. But just yeah, keeping pushing every day. And, I you know, I just keep... Hard. Right. I just keep focusing on the goal. And, you know, that's what's getting us through every day. Absolutely. Well, this is part of that process, and I'm really happy that uh, I've got you on here and that we're able to do this uh, and that we were able to meet. You know, it seems that, you know, the, just the perfect time to be able to do this, and, and hopefully we're going to be able to get something done. Uh, I believe it because pressure, they don't like pressure. They don't like media. They don't like pressure, and especially when you have evidence. And, and guys, I've seen it all. There's so much you have no idea. Um, and again, they'll reveal it to you over the next couple of episodes that we go over. Um, Angel, why don't we start at the, at the beginning? What what kind of a birth was Jeffrey? Because he's a big boy. <laughs> what was he, 6'1"? Six, six foot or 6'1"? Six yeah, he was like... Pounds? He was six foot... Um, well, they kept, I don't know why they kept calling him 300 pounds. Um, he was 240 but he was a stocky. I mean, and I'm glad you said that. I saw that a number of places, and I thought one of them uh, was somewhere official, and it was wrong. But that's why I stuck with it. But no, yeah, because he doesn't look that way. But it's right. hard to tell from a picture because he is right. very tall. 
And so right. they can have that muscle built around him. But in looking at him in his build at that age, yeah, I could see, yeah, 240. So the big, big guy. Big, stocky guy and strong. I mean, strong yep. as a bull. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the birth, yeah. I mean, this has been since day one. And it's funny because I usually drop a lot of jaws when I talk about his his birth because I was in labor for three days with Jeff. Three days? Three days. I don't think I three days. They kept wow. sending me home and sending me home. And um, the, last, come out. the last two days, my contractions were a minute to two minutes apart for two days. Right. So I was struggling. <laughs> um, and because that's pretty, because uh, I don't know everything, but. I think I understand that. That's not close together right. what you're saying. Right? You kept saying it's mm. too far apart, right? Yeah. To and um, so on the third day when I went in there, I told him, I said, I am not leaving this time. This child <laughs> is going to meet the world. I'm, I'm over this. And uh, it took... 14 hours to crown him. Wow. What they call crowning. From the last time you were. Yeah. Yep. Right. And <laughs> then we get into, Crazy. because now mind you, on the second day, they took me in for an ultrasound and they said, oh, your baby's about seven pounds. You know, this is going to be an easy birth for you. Right. So we yeah. were in, they finally took us in the labor room. And just me and Jeff's father and a nurse was in the room. And I was you telling the nurse. Epidural or whatever. Having, right. I said, I'm having contractions again. She says, well, just push. And I'm looking at Jeff's dad, and I'm like, well, what if her baby hits the floor? You know? What are you doing all this? Right. I told him, I said, get down there. Get down there. Yeah. And so finally, once Jeff made it to the world, and they took him right over to William, and they said, well, it's a boy, and he, he's nine pounds and six ounces. Wow. And see, backing up a little, when I was in the middle of finally pushing him out, the only thing I yelled out was, this baby ain't no seven pounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you remembered, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I had to have been delirious by her. Yeah, he was. But I had asked earlier, did you get an epidural or no? What's that? An epidural. Don't they uh, to, uh, to kill the pain? Don't they do like an epidural sometimes if it's been, if it's like a yes. long labor? Yes, and they were supposed to give me one, but I don't know what was going on with the guy. He stabbed me six times in the back. He was causing me all kinds Whoa. of problems. I got 
upset. I threw him out of my room. Right. And I, and I threw him out of the room. So I thought they would send someone else. <laughs> that, that, was didn't it. that was your guy. So <laughs> he gave up. It, that, it was a struggle. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I always started crying immediately. Yeah, he did. But, you know, the funny thing is, is strong, is big, all of that. The whole time I was pregnant with him, it was like I just had um, a little butterfly in my stomach. He was so gentle. Wasn't kicking around a lot. Yeah. My oldest daughter, she was like a linebacker in my stomach. And then my youngest son, I thought he was going to kill me. But, <laughs> but Jeff was, he was, you know, my little gentle giant, you know. And How close are those guys, the, uh, the two boys? Um. Well, the two boys are 10 years apart. Right. Um. Yeah. Jeff and his oldest sister are, what, like 16, 18 months apart. They're real close. But I meant in size. Is his uh, a brother oh, also oh, big? Oh, size. Uh, it, my youngest, Jaden, um, he's outgrew his brother. Uh, he's Wow. He's six foot already, and he he's 21. Yeah, he's um, yeah, but you know, I I breed good stock, you know. <laughs> no, I stopped. That's I stopped growing in seventh grade. <laughs> I was a I was <laughs> big. And I thought, man, I'm gonna keep getting bigger. It's gonna be great, and then I, I just stopped growing. <laughs> That's what happened to Jennifer. She stopped growing. <laughs> yeah. Some of us. She's you know. tiny, but the boys were always still afraid of her. So. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, talking about he the, was uh, Jennifer. Or, yeah, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, she's a fire. Yeah, he also, was. Um, how was he? So once he, you know, once he got into school, what, what kind of a student was he when he when he was younger? When he was in <laughs> elementary school, was he like a troublemaker? Yeah. Or? Well, he wasn't a troublemaker. Um, I think he just got bored easily. Yeah. You know, he would do his work and we would sit up all night doing his homework and all of those things. But he wouldn't turn it in. And I, when I bet he was when Jeff was right? young, he liked to take things apart, put them back together, kind of like you know, fix things. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely more than his schoolwork. Right? Um, you know, when he was real young, it was shenanigans all the time. But you know, when he got and then you know he started growing into himself and finding out he liked this and he liked that and you know seeing how this worked and Mm -hmm. find your place. So yeah, he was a character when he was young, you know, he was the one that would disappear all the time on, 
in the house and you go looking for him and you know he's just trying to get out of housework or something. <laughs> Smart boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like sister will do it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I know so, um to let everybody else know too, um, which I didn't mention is we have uh Jeffrey's best friend growing up, uh, Kayla, also with us. Would you say hi? Yes. Kayla? Yes. Hi. How are you? Good. Doing good. So, how far? How far back do you guys go in friendship? Do you? I mean, do you go all the way back to elementary school or um, middle school? Not really elementary, elementary school. School. more like the beginning of middle school. Uh, okay. Sure. He was kind of one of those ones that I thought that I needed to befriend, and then I turned out to hate him for the longest time in a loving way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we've always it's usually how good friends start at that age. That happens a lot. Oh yeah. School. Yep. I think that's the best time to become friends with people. That was the great. That was the best time that I had in school, whether I, I mean, I liked high school too. I don't really remember elementary school, but middle school is kind of that, that transition period where you're experimenting, you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff and having a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. always having our little hangouts where the girls would attempt to work on cars and then the boys would attempt to show us and then we'd just <laughs> go and, explore the area or go and explore the woods. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that lasted long, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, they, they were pretty blessed at growing up in a, a small town because um, we moved up here to Kansas when Jeff was oh, around, 11, close to 11 years old. And um, his dad was living up here and we lived in the towns right next to each other. So out in his dad's town, which, oh my gosh, how small is Abilene? Um, Abilene's maybe, what, 12,000 now? Okay. It's so not, it, It's not very big. Yeah, it might be 12,000 now. And it was a lot smaller then. Um, and, I mean, those kids got to rip and run and pretty much yeah, do what they want, you know, going in exploring and, you know. You know everybody. Doing whatever they want. They're going to know the police. Oh, oh yeah. 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 The one, probably the one policeman that they had maybe for the town. Oh yeah, Jeff. Jeff was uh, he was pretty ornery in his teenage years, you know. When it came to the police, you know, he would yeah. run, duck, and hide, and they could never catch him. And <laughs> he well, was well known, you know. Like he wasn't doing. What was the dynamic like? In Go ahead. What's that? Go ahead, Angel. Oh, no, go but, ahead. Yeah, he wasn't doing anything horribly criminal or anything. You know, the kids were just 
they were kids Especially and now. they were hungry. Yeah. And, you know, at those ages, they thought it was funny to outrun the cops and, and make the cops look bad or so, you know, that small town teenager. Thing. I like that though. Like you said, that, uh, yeah, the small town atmosphere. I wish I had grown up that way. Yeah. That right. Be, Me too. Would have been yeah. Cool. Like one yeah. thing that Did we you guys leave your doors open at night. And... Oh yeah. But Is it that small where you could do that. Yeah. There's, it you may or may not want to, but you know, criminal activity or anything. Everybody right. knew everybody's business. Yeah. Yeah. So you probably wouldn't want to be breaking in anybody's houses. Someone's cause someone's going to find out pretty quick. Oh, yeah. They'll who, know who you who are. Is. Right. So what I was going to ask is just uh, at, at home. So, you know, with his brothers and sisters, just the dynamic there. Um, and I know you pretty much, you know, you raised them uh, yourself, but it sounds like that it was amicable, I, I guess, with with Jeffrey's father, right? Um, um, yeah. Sharing time. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much. As good as I, candy. Yeah, we had our things, but um, I never held the kids away from him. You know, no matter right. it didn't it didn't matter what I thought or anything. Um, I actually was really blessed when the kids were young to um, get some parent counseling and learned, you know, don't do this and don't do that because it's... Keep it um, from them, expose them. Yeah, it's, to, bad. Um, it's bad on them. So no matter what, anything that happened, you know, he still got his weekends or summers or holidays or they seen, you know, his family. I, I never, well, and even without the counseling, I wasn't that type of person, you know? Right. And, um, so smart to do though, because if you don't in that type, you know, parenting as the kids get older, that's the formative years. They may try to, you know, emulate that or think it's the right thing to do. And then maybe take it a step further. You know, you see that happen a lot. Right. People don't think about how important it is, you know, what you're doing in front of your kids, basically, right? Exactly. Well, grabbing, exactly. You know, in a situation like that, in a divorce or right. whatever. Right. And I, I think because I was that way, that's why my bond with the kids was so good. Yeah. You know, they, they had that res respect for me. You know, it wasn't a fear respect. It was a, a, loving. a genuine, yeah. yeah, genuine respect. I can tell from day one since I've, I've met you and just in speaking with Jennifer and just the dynamic and just how you are in general. That's how, how you would be. So I bet you a lot of the yeah. other kids in the neighborhood and stuff, um, probably even like to come over. Did they like to come over and hang out the house? Did you oh have my a, gosh. I couldn't keep the kids away. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, um, yeah. I used to make jokes all the time to all the kids 
you know, isn't it your parents' turn? Yeah. <laughs> or, or I would tell them, you're here so much. I need some child support. You guys are expensive. Very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're eating all your food. Yep. Right. Right. But you right. never know what's happening with them. I guess when you look back, you know, who knows what was happening in their, in their house if their parents were fighting. And like I said, you had such a great dynamic going there, you know, that would yeah. attract them you know, to want to hang out. Yeah. Yep. And, and the great thing about it is still to this day, I can go in the grocery store and be walking around in my own world and I'll hear running behind me, mom, mom. And it's one of the kids, you know, and, you know, and I'm hugging them and seeing how they're doing. And, you know, right now too. Right. Right. Just like with Kayla, she comes, you know, she's still a big part of this family, you know, and I mean, I love it. I, I really do. I know. You know, I wish that there was even more time to spend with all of them, you know. And they're always checking in on me, you know, which is great. Well, that's, yeah, that's important. Your kids are checking in on you and calling you, and that's uh, that's a good thing. It's a positive thing. It doesn't happen as often as people right. think it does. Right. So, uh, Kayla, what what do you th- What's the most amount of trouble you guys ever get into trouble? What's the most amount of trouble you guys ever got into? You guys ever oh, do anything? Man. That was a hard one. <laughs> you probably can't um, even think of. Let's see. On Halloween, we used to go out to the cornfields, and we used to all hang out and have a big group of people and stuff, and have you know not a bonfire because we were trying to keep it down. We had the respect for the land, but right. Um, we would have our fire and be out there just hanging out, partying, and then here comes the cops. <laughs> we all go and we have to run and hide and man the directions. I used to always try and outrun Jeff, and he used to beat me. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty short though. <laughs> I'm just under five so <laughs> that was always my yeah. excuse. My vertical issues kept me from outrunning Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm five four, same height. <laughs> I just never let it get to me. It's all mental. <laughs> yeah, so yeah that's pain. that's cool. Yeah, I think. So what about? Jeff- uh, I was going to ask it about him. So because he's a big, again, he's a he's a big he's a big guy. But I'd imagine what I envisioned him when he was that age was more of a peacemaker. Like he didn't fight a lot or if he did he only did really if he had to kind of thing or uh, again that person that would get in between people if they're if they're fighting i mean i could be wrong but that's kind of what i envision i mean he he was very protective um if he felt like he needed to protect somebody or to stand up for somebody he would stand up for you yeah that's different though yeah i get that yeah You know, but of course he went through that. I think it's most all men in their 20s. Yeah, they (laughs) they go through the little macho syndrome. 
and you know, all the buddies are going to the bar together and everything and wind up getting in brawls and, you know, so yeah. he had, you know, his times that he did do that. It wasn't, yeah. you know, I was always a maker, but I did that too. I wasn't always, yeah. I, our turns of fights yeah. and brawl said you had a little bit too much whiskey and, and beer too much Jack and, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Oh yeah, always drinking. That's bound to yeah. happen. He, he liked his cores, and That's he liked he, his Jim Beam. You know, Beam. yeah. That was my college. Uh, was Jim Beam? Yeah. Yeah, and see, he was a cowboy. You know, most cowboys. You know, the they get their drink on. Advance. That's why I said that. Or. Or his disgusting ham's beer. I remember he used to bring that over to my house. And I was like, what are you drinking? Oh, man, that stuff tasted so horrible. But he loved it. The ham's <laughs> beer. That's right. Man, that brings back memories. They didn't have a lot of that down here in Florida, but I, but I know it. Yeah, I know the, I know the brew. Yeah. Like uh, Milwaukee's uh, best, The Beast. We call that <laughs> yeah, or the um, the um, what is that? That Keystone <laughs> that oh, kids God. used to get. Oh yeah, they were low on money. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, like the Beast, but yeah, Keystone too. Oh yeah, God, it was horrible. But when you're that age, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like he was. You know, from the from an early age, he was ready to go conquer the world. You couldn't hold that boy down. Um, when was it? Seventeen when he moved out. You know, and he, well, he was supposed to be staying with his father. He yeah, to do something. He was supposed Learn to something. Trader. Sorry, go ahead, Angel. Yeah. He went right out and he learned how to do construction. He learned how to do cement. He learned how to do the plumbing. Um, he used to work for Ford. He learned how to work on cars. Um, he remodeled houses. I mean, there wasn't nothing that boy couldn't do. So I'm so I mean, I'm completely the opposite. I'm so unmechanical. I mean, I can change oil. I can do basic things, but I get nothing more than that. But I can sit down and, and discuss as much physics as you want. <laughs> but I can't change it. Right. Well, you know. Yeah. But I do that because learning a, a trade and a skill is so much more important because you can always use that. There's always a need. Right. So, yeah. Right. And see, I grew up with my father was a truck driver and in construction, in the union, all of that, um, my mother was in the union too. And that's what I grew up under. Mm -hmm. Well, my, my father passed when Jeff was, oh goodness, only three. Oh, wow. So I kept that memory of my dad front and center in Jeff. I took him out there. I taught him how to work on cars. 
I, you know, because my dad had all girls. So okay. we were his crew. So I turned around and I raised my kids the same way. And so, you know, he always would call me up. Yeah, like well, I didn't know about you. All right. So you you taught him those skills. That's that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know because a lot of the a lot of the guys would say, Oh, your dad's really taught you a lot and he'd start <laughs> laughing. He said, right. No, it was my mom. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Cause I taught his dad how to work on cars. <laughs> Did he go to any technical schools or no? Um Natural ability to stuff that he had learned, like you know, no, or for, like it, with it the. Was, it was all natural ability. Now he was a certified mechanic, um, but it was all all natural, just working under the older men, listening, learning, you know, and he just was a natural at it. Which, you know, I mean, back in when I was younger, you know, working people were considered blue collar then. You know, I don't know what they do now, what they say now. But that's the type of family he came out of was, you know, we're just normal, everyday blue collar people. And then, of course, you know, just like most all men, um, when they get off work, they like to crack open a beer and have them some fun on the weekend. He'd like to party or whatever if he didn't have his kids, you know. And that was Jeff. That's what he liked to do. He liked to travel, you know. He, he did not like to sit still. That was his thing. Me and him used to go and buddy up and just go for a hike and go and watch the sunset because that was one of his favorite things too was sunrises and sunsets. So yeah. go go hiking up wherever we could, Coronado Heights in our area or Indian Rock, which are not anywhere near as amazing as Oregon. But we used to go out there and hang out and just stay moving. Because he never wanted to sit. <laughs> hey, Drew, can you still hear us? Oh, are you there? Yeah, I had you had it on mute for a second. I yeah. apologize. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I was just actually just talking about the sunsets for a second. Yeah, that I'm I'm kind of like the same thing. And I was mentioning um, about Kansas, Angel, where you had made a joke about Kansas. Well, you know, there's really nothing there that's not beautiful. But to me, being in Florida, my whole life, born born and raised here, that unless you love the ocean, which I do, so it's a little bit different for me. I love the fish. I love the scuba dive and all kinds of things. But I don't anymore. I've grown out of it. So I'm ready to get out of out of Florida, um, possibly here in the near future. We'll see. 
but um, no, I think I think it's uh, Kansas is a beautiful area in Oklahoma and all the, the Midwest and the central states. And as you said, of course, you start going out west, you get into Oregon and Washington. Right. It is a different game, of course, because you've got the mountains and, and uh, forests and um, you know, the redwoods. You go into California and all that. So, but yeah, I like the travel aspect. Yeah, that's kind of, that's interesting um, because a lot of times you won't find that in, in a person, like we just mentioned, who likes to tinker and toy because they like to stay home and that's what they like to do, play with yeah. cars things. But so, yeah, he's very well-rounded. Yeah, yeah. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't boring, that's for sure, you know. Oh, no. Oh, and he had an ornery sense of humor. I mean, <laughs> a very ornery. Well, you know, I mean, is there anything like Jennifer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, I mean, she's good. it's kind of a family like thing, her. I guess. Yeah, it's got a running family. Yeah, I mean, because like even when they were real little, um, even when I was still married to their dad, I. Uh, ran into the bathroom one time and they had not only put plastic over the bowl on the toilet, they also put baby oil all over the seat. <laughs> so I wound up, you know, because I was in a rush, I wound yep. up in there and before I knew it, I was on the floor <laughs> with my shorts about wrapped around my head <laughs> and I was like and you know I could hear them giggling from the hallway I've, heard I've never heard that one I like that <laughs> yeah so I was like oh okay so then I thought I would be funny um because it was coming up on April Fool's and I went into their bathroom and I unscrewed their shower nozzle like all the way down to like the last thread. <laughs> and I thought once they got in the shower, just pop off and scare them. <laughs> it hit Jeff in the head. Oh, <laughs> right, he, right, his mom. And I said, well, sorry. <laughs> That's what happens. Don't play with yeah, it. so I mean, we were always doing ornery things, and him and Jennifer used to like to record themselves with the camcorder doing like jackass stunts, and when they were kids, oh, and I oh, that's cool. They would terrorize the neighbors' houses, and <laughs> when they were kids, you know, I, I mean, about, just what about girlfriends? And him, because obviously that dynamic oh. is going to come up later. Oh, so. how many girlfriends? There's way too yeah. many to count. Just kind of outracted. And he had that oh, savior man. attitude a little bit, like we were talking about. Oh, he had it a lot of bit. Yeah. He had it a lot of bit. I mean, every time me and that boy, it took. To right before he left this last time to Oregon, he was supposed to be helping me work on my car. And he said, Mom, this weekend, 
I'm going to work on your front end of your car. I said, are you sure? And he said, yes, I promise. Well, come Saturday morning, I'm excited. We're going to go out. We're going to get my front end done. And his phone rings. Oh, what's that? Oh, okay, I'll be right there. And I'm looking at him. He's, oh, mom, I promise I'll be right back. Uh-huh. Here's a female on the phone. I need you. I'm, I'm in dire need. And I'm yeah. That, though. Yeah. I've fallen for that way too many times. Right. <laughs> and needless to say, my car still is not fixed. Yeah, needless no. to say. <laughs> the engine in my car once my one of my little high school girlfriends was was doing that to me and lived maybe 12 14 miles away and i just got my car just floored it i just had to get there as fast as i possibly could you know, at that age you can't get there fast enough and just just completely destroyed the engine just blew up <laughs> and then my, <laughs> my parents were not happy about that having to, you know, replace oh, yeah. he, he's, he's been through some cars and, and, and some girlfriends, yep. um, you know, but you know, he, he has three beautiful kids. Um, the two yeah. older kids are okay. with his, his one first love, right. You know, um, the, their mom was, she was his first love, you know, always. and, and, um, the girlfriends were one thing, but once those kids were born, you know, those are, well, he has two daughters. Those are the girls who, I mean, Meaning Mellow and Matt, really focused, did it change him a lot when he had the kids? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it, it did change. I mean, those girls. I got that from you. I don't you think. Brought them up well. Yeah. N- nobody could say nothing about those girls. You know, um, those were his little princesses and his, his boy, you know, he just. Loved him so much. And, you know, just with Christopher, he would always be like, got to toughen up, got to toughen up. I remember when Christopher, I think, was barely a year old. And Jeff comes in smiling real big and has a bag in his hand. I said, what you got? He pulls out a set of cowboy boots, some Wrangler jeans, a leather belt. For Christopher, one years old. Cool. And I'm like, honey, he's going to grow out that quick. I said, you know, that's a lot of money, you know, to be, oh, no, my son's going to dress right. (laughs) Captures him like that. Man, I guess I did hit it on Mm -hmm. the cowboy. (laughs) Right. Like, I envision. You know, I've seen. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, there was problems between him and the moms, you know. Um, And so 
he didn't get to see his kids like he wanted to. Right. And I know a I know it was about a a year before all of this. Um, you know, he went to the moms and he really I mean, I never was so proud of Jeff as I was that day. He went to both the mothers and really humbled himself. And he said, you know what? I will take it all, the blame. Let's just parent these kids. And I, I mean, I was really proud of him. I mean, that that takes a lot out of a man to go and humble himself. But, you know, that's that's the kind of man he grew into. So, um, you know. What is it that he took responsibility sure for? That. I missed that. What's that? It, what, what is it that he took responsibility for? You had said that he had taken it upon himself to something that occurred. Um. Just for any past problems they ever had. Okay. No, so he took responsibility. He said, I'll, just, "I'll take all the responsibility." He said, "I just want us to get along, and I want us to parent our kids together." Got it. You know, he went and did that with both the mothers, and um. But see, remember we were talking you know, about that before. So he did. He, yeah. He did. Whether consciously or subconsciously, took that in from what you guys did and bringing them up the same way, so it worked. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, now Jeff was no saint, you know. Um, is. Like, like all of us, you know, all of us, we've all done things. Maybe we shouldn't have in life or things that weren't bet the best for us in our life or greatest decisions. Um, and he was, but you know, the thing was, he was honest about it. Yeah. He never did anything. I mean, especially from me, but he didn't, he was not ashamed. It, yeah, I drink. Yeah, I party. Yeah, I'll party with a little bit of dope, but I get up and I go to work every day. I don't I like let this get you about it. You know, mm -hmm. you know, that's and I really right, and that's something I respect. I respect honesty. I might not like, you know, someone's choices. But as long as they're honest to me about it, yeah, you know, well, yeah. all right. Exactly. You know, and that's why I couldn't understand the dynamics of the relationship between him and his wife. Paley? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I know. 
I knew that's where you were going to go with that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't understand. But like you said in the beginning, Jeff was a fixer. He was that mm-hmm. anytime one of his friends had a problem. Heck, with Kayla's, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but with Kayla's marriage, when it was rocky at one point, Jeff, Jeff was basically their counselor. You know, right. he, he, he came and he helped save my marriage a couple of different times when we had some problems. And like my husband and I, we are still going strong. And a lot of it has to do with Jeff yeah. coming and helping. That's the best friend right there. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Really. Because and I, I just know. Out of curiosity, how was your husband about all that? He was very, that's very cool that he, I imagine that he obviously knew you guys had been friends for a long time and nothing to worry about. and Oh, yeah. That no, he respected um, that. He actually, my husband and Jeff were working at Menards together. And I hadn't seen Jeff for maybe, I don't know, six or seven months before he started working at Menards. And I go in to go see my husband and take the kids in one day. And all of a sudden, I turn the corner and here's my big bear, my <laughs> punkers. And I go I and I run up on him and give him a big old hug and... My husband was like, uh, who's this? I was like, this is nothing to worry about. And Jeff was like, okay. He was like, all right, I got to meet this man. You know, I've talked to him a few times, but now I got to shake his hand, make sure he's okay for you. So he goes and gives my husband a big handshake and just been friends ever since. That's been Uncle Jeff. That's cool. Very cool. Yep. Yeah. We've so done what, holidays um, together, we're getting close yeah. up which is great. An hour. But I want to know what brought him out uh, to to Oregon in the, in the first place. Because I'm, I'm imagining that he met Haley um, in Oregon. So what took him he out He met Haley in Kansas. Oh. Haley oh. was born and raised in Oregon. And okay. I, I honestly don't know what brought her here to Kansas. I'm sure I was told, but I don't remember. Oh, um, and this was way back in 2012 right. when they left to go to Oregon mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had been living out in Kansas for a while. And her and her and Jeff actually met off a dating app, and and we laugh um, at that, but everybody—that's how everybody meets now. It's crazy. I don't get that at right, all. Right, it makes me laugh. I'm like, right. I don't. It, I laugh because it's not something Jeff normally, you know, normally he- did. Yeah, and so you know, I it. It's kind of funny to me. You know, I mean, I've met people off dating apps, you know. So, well, I was say, you know, it's show you it didn't actually work that great. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it didn't actually right. him too much good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
And I don't think people are as so, honest as, like you said, the, the whole honesty thing. That's what you lose in these apps, you know, until you meet and finally get to know them. You don't have that natural, you know, uh, like when you first right. see somebody, you know, um, instantly fall in love. Or if you don't, at least you're dating, you're going out, you're doing things. So I don't know. It's just different. Okay. Well, what hooked him in um, is... And, you know, I mean, this is a blatant honesty statement because this is what my son sat down and told me is, you know, what he liked hanging out with her because they would have, because she'd go out to the bar and party just as hard as him and his buddies would, Yeah, you know, and so... He kind of thought that was cool, I guess, you know, in a, in a chick, yeah. I guess that's the way to say it. And, yeah, and so it all depends on. Right. And <laughs> later on, Actually. yeah, later on, he told me I made a mistake because I married my drinking buddy. You know, mm. he's like, I didn't realize at the time that we couldn't turn that around and make it into a marriage. Oh God, no. Yep. I didn't understand that so much more. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So it was bad decision on both parts. You know, it's not, Oh, this person, that person of the bad decision. It just, you know, marrying your drinking buddy for anyone yeah. is not a good idea. No, no. But you're right in that you make the decision together. It's not like one or the other. You're, you're both doing it and enabling right. each other. And you think it's a great thing, but. Right. Not, yeah. Right. Not. And. Um, it rarely ends up well. And. She, yeah. She, you know, um, I guess it was she had stated she had some rough patches of time and and some problems with that. And so there's Jeff. Oh, I got to fix her, you know? And then that, wanting to fix somebody <coughs> and involved in them. That's where people don't realize of drawing the line that that's not love. You know, a lot of us humans mistake that in oh I really love this person yeah. no you don't no you're, and you don't know you're how loving to take those off problems really are too they can be so rough yeah difficult which I could imagine in just a little bit that I know about alien thread that would have occurred and those aren't things yeah. he's ever going to be able I mean you're to fix and dragging him you know down down as you know right right and you you know you're not in love with the person you're in love being their like, hero being their savior and you know I mean which and, I and can understand that um, yeah so you know that's how it started here um, couple months after them dating here, 
they went off to Oregon and to live out there for a while. And they weren't out there, oh, a couple months. I think like six months tops. I don't even think they were there six months. I think they were there two months and they wound up getting married because they were supposed to wait till August till I could come down to Oregon and be there at his wedding. But yeah. Well, that's the manipulation going on there, big time. Yeah. Yeah, because he's he's so, not a um, not that kind of a person. I can't see him. He's not a manipulator. It's going to be hard for him to notice and see that unless you are one. You know, as they say, you can't bullshit a bullshitter and all that. I, I don't think he noticed really what was right. going on. The control and uh, right, and, right. He was a very good judge of character, but when it came to women, yeah, that's, that's insane. that was like his kryptonite. Sure. You know, and I, I think that's just the best way to put it. Women was his kryptonite. Because he thinks he can save and them. Usually, wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he wanted to be married, make a home, have his kids, uh, potentially have more kids. Um, but you know, I know he started. She started to say that again, Kayla. Uh, he just wanted to settle down and just live. Yeah, yeah. Main thing. I get that. Yeah. Get it all together. Yeah. Settle down. But that wasn't going to, that, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. It, it was going to go exactly the opposite way to scale that balance. He had no idea what was coming. I don't think. I really don't. And then just, and just dragged him down. It's so easy to get into, especially if you really feel that you, you love that person, you got married or whatever the, the decision is. And, and we've talked about, like you said, you know, just to be honest, to be honest here, you know, got him partying, got him doing some hardcore drugs that he shouldn't have been doing, but it's an adult. Yeah. And, um, right. But I know where that came and from. He I know didn't, exactly where that came from. Right. And then he's out of his element. He's in a completely different state around people he doesn't know. Right. Right. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to blame it on anybody and say, oh, well, this person corrupted my baby or anything like that. But Jeff was always just a drinker. He was never a drug user. Right. Um, In his very early years, around 18, you know, like many teenagers, Mm-hmm. Um, drink, pop a few pills, you know, because they think, oh, we're we're getting to be adults now. We got to try this. Right. right. Um, that was even short lived with him. Um, and uh, no, but he's like, he just mainly just like he said, a course, kick, kick back, pick up a course, maybe smoke a little pot, and and that's it. 
just yeah, he didn't even smoke pot. He didn't want to smoke pot. Yeah, so that's yeah, what makes that's you know. Mean. See, that's the thing. He grew up um, with watching some family members uh, do drugs and be on drugs and seeing marriages break apart because of it. Yeah. Um, so he never wanted anything to do with drugs. No. And <coughs> honestly, when, since they had been together and, um, you know, he had told me about that he would do, um, Coke once in a great while. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, while they were out drinking or this and that. Uh, I was shocked at that. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I told him, well, I'd prefer you don't. Right. But, you know, he was honest with me. Well, then, um, time down the road, it comes up that. He's been doing meth once in a while. And I'm like, son, are you kidding me? I said, you know how I feel about that. Because honestly, I even touched it in my early 20s. And yeah, I told you we're the same that right in front of me. Just God every day. I I didn't. I didn't touch it. Right. No, it's just it's so. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't like it. I'm glad I got away from it. Oh, yeah. yeah um, sure. It destroyed a lot of things, not because of me doing it, but it destroyed a lot of things in my life through yeah. the years, you know? And um, so, you know, of course, me and Jeff would have these talks. And he said, oh, mom, I know. He says, you know, I party once in a while with it. Um, he's like, you know, once in a while, I'll do it when I'm hitting a long road trip. And, but otherwise, mom, you know. The most dangerous time you could be doing it. I can put it down. And yeah. he did. And I know he did put it down. You've got that person that's revolved around you, Angel Wright. I mean, and they're continuing and all the friends and the family members. It's, it's an inevitable. It's just, there, there's no way around it. And like you said, he's an adult. Um, but I know he, he probably didn't enjoy it, but you just become addicted just a little bit over time. And before you know it, you know, it's, it's right. a part of the scene and what you're, right. what you're doing. So, yeah, who do you think you know, to blame anybody? The thing is with, right. The thing is with Jeff, um, every time, you know, things didn't work out for them, which would be about three months yep. in Oregon, and then he'd wind up coming back to Kansas for the remaining nine months of the year, he would be with me those full nine months. And he never touched the meth. Oh, that that was good. That helped them. Yeah, having that total time away. Right. Though, yeah, yeah. But then once he's back up there in Oregon, of course. Then he's partying with these people again. You know, like 
And then the longer he's there and the more, it's just, yeah, it's inevitable. Right. And, you know, and uh, Jeff thought he was invincible. You know, I mean, I'm just going to keep it real. Jeff Jeff thought he was Iron Man and he was invincible. And, you know, I used to, because whenever we would message each other, when he would be gone, you know, my ending statements before the I love yous, Mm -hmm. I would tell him, you know, be safe, son. I'm the toughest. I'm the toughest one around. I'm telling you, know, like nothing could get me. And I'm like, son, there's always something that could get somebody. You ever heard you know? the song by Leonard Skinner, Simple Man? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you brought that up. That is reminds me a lot. The song I used to play to Jeff ever since he was a baby boy. I just introduced it to my biological mother about a month or so ago and said, you need to listen to this. And she started to listen. I said, you need to listen to the lyrics and pull up the lyrics. And she's finally figured it out. She was bawling Uh, the other day. And I was like, this is all that I needed. This is all that I needed. I didn't need all the other stuff. Right. Just to be told this. You can just do these things in life. But you did that. You know, I always the thing is again, I used to say that song. He's away. Haley's replacing that, you know, but he's still smart enough again to come home, listen to you. But again, it just gets more and more difficult to do as he gets entangled in it more and more. You know, like you said, we can't, it's, yeah. it's not like we're trying to blame it all on, on drugs that we're going to be talking about later. It's not about that, but it's a factor. Right. It's, it's a bit, it's, it's a big factor Rink, in, Right. Yeah, and what we'll talk about. Right. But, and, yeah. and, you know, that's that's the thing I do want people to know. You know, our family's honest. We're not, me and my kids, we're honest about things. Look, if we don't want you to know, we just won't talk about it. You know, but yeah. the thing yeah. is. No, I have much respect for that. We're not, we're not ashamed of our mistakes either, you know, because we know we're human. Yeah. We know we've made mistakes and we learn yeah. from them. Learn from them. I'll do them again. Yeah. But again, with something right. like that, it, and him thinking he's invincible is also going to make him more angry. And I bet you that it was when he would continue to use it and thinking, oh, I can, I can put it down. But then all of a sudden he can't, you know, it's going to mess with him that wait a minute, yeah. maybe I'm not. But you know, that was the great and that's the thing with him, even though some people have tried to say that, you know, like he wasn't putting it down. And you know what? That's that's baloney. Because, I mean, I don't even have to be physically around him to know that Jeff had no problem putting it down. Doing things, you can't do things like that if you can't put down that pipe of the math. You're, right. you're not going to be able to do that, right? Responsibly, right? At all for any length and of it, time, it is not happening, right? You're going to be stealing all the money, and you know, you know. Yeah. 
he knew about things and knew how to do things right. and had and all that stuff. But, but the thing is, it's because my kids like to investigate. My kids like to learn. They like to read. They like not only all the physical things, they like all the technical. Right. Yeah. So learn how to do it. Right. Not one of my kids. It's another skill. (laughs) I hate to put it that way. Not one of my kids has not been. Yeah. I mean, because. I, I feel it is a blessing. And so I want to make sure I say this before I even make this statement, because I don't want anyone taking anything wrong because I mean, I'm a real, I'm, I'm very realistic and I'm not judgmental or anything like that. It has been an amazing blessing in me and my kids' life. None of us has ever had to go to rehab or anything like that. We've always been able to say, you know what? We need to quit doing yeah. this. Or this is take, you or know, you this is. Somebody else go through it. Right. Right. That is pretty amazing. In a single parent household, the number of kids that you have in this day and age, what's out there, that is something to be very proud of. Yes. And, and I mean, I know we all have our own different ways of thinking um, to, because, you know, everything's so unknown, but I put that on, you know, for, for my life, that's been God holding me up and blessing me and my children, you know? Yep. Absolutely. So, um, it just, it's all right. I'm proud of, yeah. you know, I'm proud of my kids when they did good. I'm proud when they make when mistakes. You know, I'm just proud that they're they're wonderful. A lot of parents don't even understand what that is. They'll buy their kids off of the presents or something. You know, you had you had a phenomenal household in the way that you brought it up, Angel. I'm not just saying that; I really mean it. You really did. Thank you. I mean, I mean, I. The thing is, is Jen and Jeff, I mean, (laughs) right. I always feel bad because I grew up with them. Literally. I was 16 when I had Jennifer. I had just turned 18 when I had Jeff. Um, You were even younger than mine. So we literally grew up. One year younger. You know, and. Yeah, the way I look at my kids, they saved me. Yeah. You know, they saved me. They made me into the woman I am today. And it shows your It was my you, kids. You could have gone in one and two directions, and you, you went in the right one, obviously. 
but you could have gone in another direction yeah. easily and said this was too much or put him up for adoption like it would happen with me and which is fine right. it's not a bad thing you know? well and you know the well, thing is when when i got pregnant with jeff i was scared i already had a baby i wasn't even 18 years old i was scared i was already being mocked by my own parents saying you know, oh, she's going to have six of them in two years. And like, I was scared. And plus, I, I was in a really bad place. Mm -hmm. um, I was in a bad household. And trying to fill the, the love I in a different way. Right. I thought about my second pregnancy, which maybe weird to people, but I thought about giving that child to a family who was wanting a child and could give him better than what I had at that time. Oh, at that age? Yeah. But, I had to have when, that, when Jeff was born and I looked at him, I said, no, that's my son. And we're going to ride this out. We put three and a half days into it, too. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> You're not going to give them So, away. you know, like a lot of girls or young women, you know, it's scary. Yeah. But you know what? It can be done. Yeah. And if you have a support it, group it, around you, kind of, I mean, just at least some people to help you so you're not completely on your own, you know. You and and you know what? Even if you don't have it, because I didn't have a big support, oh, you it. know, even if you don't have it, open your mouth. Go, go seek it, you know. Yeah. Open your mouth. You're just that you're, you're born this way, Angel. You're, you're, you just have your personality and just the way that you do things and the way that you think is very different than other people. And again, it's served you well. That you're so kind, you're so loving, you're just so, you know, we've talked about this, we won't really get into it. But then you also have to put down the foot, you know, or I'm going to put this foot up your ass side of you too. But that's the balance. That's what you need to have, you know, and especially yeah, to yeah. have that naturally at that age and to bring up. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Did everything the well, right way. Jenny, the could you, Jenny could tell you that me by me drill sergeanting her and Jeff, that it helped them in skills of getting jobs later on in life. They used to laugh about it because... You know, certain jobs you have to go to when those phys physical tests, uh, like a physical endurance test. Right. Well, because when I used to punish Jenny and Jeff, I didn't stick just stick their Jenny nose in the corner. I used to make them hold their arms up. <laughs> and so that was one of the tests. In the physical endurance, and the, the guy would be like, wow, you guys are... To put your arms out, or just hold your arms out as long as you I'd make them hold it straight up. Oh, yeah. Straight up. That's not as easy as people Do not think. touch the wall. 
hold your hand straight up. Mm-hmm. And um, so the guy doing the test is, wow, you guys are good at this. They're like, they laugh. They're like, that's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> He probably thought the first thing in his mind was like, should I call protective services? What, what should I do? Right. <laughs> there the is right- nothing wrong with punishment. <laughs> no. no there is nothing wrong as long as you handle it right. You know? Exactly. There is nothing wrong with some punishment. And there's nothing wrong with saying no. No. No, no some- is a good word kid and I never had any problems. I didn't grow up in a weird, you know, way. No problems. Yeah. Just yeah. no one uh, hold back and when it's the right time. You gotta do something pretty bad. And I've done some things right. pretty bad to deserve it. And I knew it. So yeah, that's when it works. Oh yeah. I mean I'm not gonna say I never jumped on my kids and lost my mind. Because children will do that affect to you, but especially my kids. I would think that you weren't human. <laughs> you, you, right, right, alien. right. I can't be Mother really? Teresa all the time. Right. <laughs> well, especially with more than one one kid growing up that young. Oh yeah. Yeah, when you said the age, I didn't realize you were that young. I thought that my biological mother she was uh 17 and you said you're, uh, you were 16 right yeah yeah i was 16 i was 16 years old and especially growing up when when we did because we're like exactly the same age um yes now i thought more and more i think about it i'm telling you it's just just very tough very difficult the way the nineties were and, you know, into the two thousands and again with the drugs and with the meth and the different things, there was a lot of new things coming along and around and, you know, the Molly and ketamine and all kinds of things, you know, we didn't have when we were right. really young. It was scary. And yeah, just to get them through alive <laughs> is, is good. Right. Right. But you did better than that. You went right. Over and above that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. you know, like I said, I always felt like they saved me. You know, they kept me on the right path. Well, they know? probably do too, a little bit, you know, it's a little bit both on both sides. I'm sure they yeah. do. Yeah. Both of you guys, all of you to, you know, to understand what unconditional love is. Except when we're talking about like with Jeffrey and trying to save. Yeah. And that's that little thing that he had in him, just the one that can have a down, you know, can have its downfall. But which we are right, going to get into. Right. Big time. Yes, we definitely are gonna get into. And we we are looking forward to actually being able to finally kind of break the silence is the best way to say it. Because we have been, we've been quiet for quite a while now, but. Or I shouldn't even say um, answers. You're right. You break the silence right? because you're right. Nobody even said anything. I mean, it's like just stonewall, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, 
basically, this is an accident. They go in the woods. Happens. What's the big deal? Why would you not be? I don't know. Again, you know, we'll say right. And I literally have gotten the door slammed in my face, Mm -hmm. and and um we're broken and 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 that's one thing and Jennifer was going to be on today um no I know she it's tough she said that she was feeling like she was coming down with something but i i think it just has hit her hard again yeah. you yeah. know like we're, so much we're time going not through thinking the about it research and doing stuff, and then all of a sudden we're about ready to do this. No, I could so easily see that it just caught up and it just hits you, and then all of a sudden, right? Brain, right? Just the, Plus, the ah, just the, the hormone release in the body alone, right? Plus, this, um, last week, both both myself and Jennifer and Kayla all went through the same thing of, you know, we just, I, it felt like everything was hitting us and we were like, what's going on and this and that. And we, uh, we realized by looking at the date. You've been doing all this stuff too. So I know it's just as well. Yeah. And it's, it's been exactly a year since he's left last week when he left here in Kansas to go uh, yeah, it's been like it's been just like a complete emotional breakdown. Um, like the last day that he was here, me and it's him only there went for three a hike. Another- Sorry, I was thinking out yeah. loud. Yeah, he was only there three months until no, this okay. event. Yeah, but we went for a hike on his last day here, and I was one of. I was the only person that knew that he was leaving that lived here in Kansas. Anyways, I don't know about in Oregon, but he confided in me with that. And I told him that he needed to tell his mother, Mm -hmm. you know, not just leave, but, and it's been almost a year and that's, really just hit us all. And he didn't didn't tell you, right. Wasn't it the whole point? And he went, But that isn't the time. I'm sorry. There's so many things. I hate to always keep asking. That wasn't the time. That's they didn't get married then. That was before that, correct? He was already married. Oh no, they got married. Right? They got married. They got married in like 2013. Yeah, I think. But he was here. He was here last year with me for several months. And, um, he left right at like October 31st. Well, no, it was, it was early November. I think it was November 15th is when he left. Yeah. It was the beginning of November. He left. And he didn't come here with him. Here, when I say here. (laughs) He knew I was stopping. And that's why he didn't tell me until... What? I just find that, well, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but, you know, again, where she's not, she's not coming with him back home. Cause I know you guys haven't gotten. Well, 
dynamic. Yeah. There's that fight well, against they the, control, the control. Well, no, because he knows she knows that he loves his mom. He knows that she that he loves Kayla, loves you, right? It's all his friends and his support group there, mm-hmm. and she is on her own with all of the problems and, and uh, addictions and the, the, the meth and being homeless from what I understand a lot, um, not being able to hold down jobs and this and that. Um, I'm actually glad he was able to get away for the, for those times. Um, he, he could, um, but yeah, you know, as soon as he got back there, it was, I'm sure just right back into the shit. Had to have been. Yeah. Well, there was a lure of a job. Supposedly, someone was going to hire him for $36 an hour. And he was wanting to buy a house here. And our incomes here are very low. Yeah, I was going to say. And mind you, Jeff was working every day as a plumber. But he wasn't making. I think I think he was actually making like twelve bucks an hour. Yeah, maybe wow. twelve dollars an hour. He was to be making more than that, but he was getting ripped off. Yeah, he wow. was getting ripped up really bad. Thirty six, and and I imagine the cost of living in the smaller towns there in Oregon probably isn't that bad as long as you're right. not coast. You know, but no, it's bad here because people think. Because it's a small town. Oh, it's cheap and this and that. No. Mm-hmm. If you compare this town to any major town, a lot of our stuff is higher. Our really? food is higher. Our rents are comparable. Oh, our our gas. That's why. Right. And then if there's not Everything a lot of industry, is industry there, factories, industry. But no. The thing is, we are sitting right at the crossroads, I-70 and 135. Okay, there's factories out here. There's all kinds of stuff, but they will not pay. This is the good old boy system here in this town. And it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, I could see that and there. For- I'm not afraid to say that. And and that's the way. When I moved here, because we're from Las Vegas, I was born and raised in Las Vegas. Right. When yeah. I moved here, it just turned. It was it was the end of January in 2000 when I moved here. I mm-hmm. just filed my income taxes. So I could have that money to move out here. Yeah. And from my income taxes in 1999 in Las Vegas, I cleared over 42,000. Oh, so what do you work with? One of the, um, what do you call it? Dealing or interesting? No, I worked in a call center. I worked in a call center. I was on the that's what I've done my whole life. I've owned them and done them. But yeah, that's uh, here, yeah. Vegas, and Tennessee are the three, three where the, all the telemarketing agencies are. Right, right. Yeah. 
And I bet you you were good. I worked for a really big company in Vegas. And, but the thing was, ever since that year, I haven't seen half those right. wages. No, and I was no. supporting three children on that out here. I was working two, three jobs at a time when the kids were young. Well, why'd you leave? Well, then again, Vegas isn't going to be the best place to, to raise them and everything else that's going on there. I'll never, yeah, I'll okay. never go back to Vegas. I definitely can imagine that's why you, why you left, but what was in Kansas? Yeah. Well, I never even seen Kansas or knew anything about it in my life, but Jenny and Jeff's dad was living out here okay. uh, with his new wife. And so, um, you know, of course I did want to leave Vegas. I didn't know where I wanted to go yet, but Jeff came out here for the summer and spent it with his dad. And he said, mommy, I really like it out there because he got to rip and run. He couldn't do that in Vegas. And so he wanted to stay out here. And I said, well, I'll let you start school out there. Let's see how it goes. And then Jenny won. She came out here. Well, you know, I'm not, I wasn't about to be away from my kids. So um, I just packed up my house and sight unseen, drove out here. Yeah. Well, you were thinking about <laughs> him again, the best thing. Their father being there, whatever, and, you know, just trying to make things work. Right, right. You know, so that they could be raised around their dad and their mom, you know. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we did move out here because the kids have made some amazing lifelong friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have had the pleasure of being able to. And a small town and everything. Well, the blessing of more children in my life, you know. (laughs) Yeah, she's stuck with me for the rest of her life, so. Yeah, (laughs) I'm stuck with a few of them for for life, and I'm okay. (laughs) I like that. That's cool. You know, the kids, you know, that's the only thing when I think about moving, leaving. um, Well, I'm planning on um, moving up to Oregon for a little while because I'm going to have to stay out there for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I told them, I'll get a place out there and that will be home base. (laughs) So when the kids have to come back and forth, you know, they just stay at the house. Once you get everything together, get get all your stuff together. Yeah. But you're close. Right. right? We're, we really close. We're getting the, the ducks in a row first. Yep. There's some more work work to do. Definite stuff. And I think Myself. but I think this right here, Drew, I I think people once they get to hear 
what everything we've had to find out the hard way. Yeah. I think they're going to be just as floored as we've been. Yeah. And that's just a small part of it. I mean, I've been blown away. I really have. I'm, I'm not just saying that. I, again, I've listened right. to my share of, of these kinds of stories and a lot of them are rough, but I mean, every turn you've made, I mean, just something, a block, something's against you or the attitudes right. of the people you're, you're dealing with and just the silence and, um, you know, again, I, I don't know. And Oregon is just one of those strange places. Uh, um, just a lot of strange things go on out there. And, um, and unfortunately meth is a, is a huge thing in, in Oregon. I think it's one, actually one of the biggest States for manufacturer. And so who knows? Yeah, I, what, I, I What's that? But the sad, the sad thing about it is Jeff loved Oregon. Yeah. He loved it out there. Yeah. The nature, the beauty. And you know what? The thing he, one of the, one of the things he loved the most took him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can't enjoy all those other things when you have those human elements, um, negative you know, just as I call them, kind of um, soul-sucking people around you. And when you're a kind, loving soul like he was, it's, you know, and thinks he's invincible. Right. It's, all, it's actually going to be very vulnerable to that. And that's what it's sounding like. Right. You know, we'll see, right, where this goes. Um, I was just glad that we were able to do this. And like I said, I, I just... I thought it was really important that we did an episode first and foremost, just about Jeffrey and to show people also you and, and Kayla. Um, we've mentioned Jen, I'm sure from the conversation, people are going to know what Jen's like as well. And that you guys don't fool around. Right. Um, you got such a loving family. You stick together. Um, you're not afraid to tell the truth, to be interviewed, to say the things that you say, but you know, you got people, over there um, that won't even speak to anybody. And right. the case is closed. The case is closed. Right. You should be talking right. to anybody and everybody that there is. So they're, you know, we all know. <laughs> right. Some, and they lied to me when, right. They lied to me when the case was closed. Yeah. Yeah. And Haley, so, I get it. But I you know what? Glamour. Just give her a chance. Just all she needs to do is come on and just just talk because she'd have so many answers. I mean, um, the, the the gentleman that you know right. was with, who we'll mention on the next episode. But <clears throat> excuse me, it's your cousin, right? And I, he'd have to have mentioned to her what happened and in detail after his hypothermia, right? You know, so let's just assume he had it. Okay, you know, whatever. I like to do that. Right. Now, let's just assume it even is even real. He's going to be letting them know, or this, um, uh, the, the Michelle, um, the the two yeah. guys, Jesse, um, what's the other one's name? 
found the car. Yeah, uh, John. Yeah, yeah, Jorba. Um, yeah, all John. These yeah, where are they? Um, you know, why aren't they speaking? Right, out? and none of them will talk. To me. And not right, and that's especially where you smell something rotten. Or if they, if they won't talk with the family, these are supposed to be his best friends, supposedly out there. But he even smelled right, something. right. Something wasn't right, and that instinct, right now, that you have that you gave to him, he knew something, something wasn't right, and just unfortunately, oh, yeah. timing, just timing. I'm so sorry, Angel. Kayla, I really am. Thank you. Sorry. I'm I'm sorry to everyone too because you know, he was a great he was a great person. And I'm sorry to his brothers, sisters, um all his nieces and nephews. I'm very very sorry to his children. Yeah. Um I'm not sorry, you're not sorry. You're just no. saying you're sorry that they're not going to have them in, in, in their lives, yeah. is what you mean, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, exactly what I mean. Yeah, and, I and, and one thing I do want to make sure I do say, well, there's two things, actually. The first thing is, we trust me when I say this. The last thing we ever want to think or find out right. is that my son had to be betrayed by someone he loved and other people he called his friends. Yeah. Any human being would be involved in, in any right. way. And we should point out that you're just looking for the truth. Nobody's even pointing specific fingers. We're alluding and saying because there's so much suspicious activity, which we'll talk about, where there'd be no way to say that. But then that person should just stand up and just give an explanation and it's over. That makes sense. Right. Because you don't know. And if I know you and I feel that I do, you want the truth. All you want is the truth. Right. You just want to know what I happened to your son, regardless of what that is. And and I would I hope I feel right. the same way. That that's not the case that we find out, you know? But fortunately in this in this world it happens. But Right. And unfortunately with all the stuff something that, that we've uncovered, you know it's not looking that way. It it's not looking good. And the second thing, the second thing I would like to make sure to say is there's a lot of people that underestimated the three of us over here. With that. And you know what? Shame on you. You underestimated us. Yep. Because that age, the drug, yeah. They, they're not into. They're not smart. They don't have the smarts that you have, or Jen has. You, Kayla. I mean, you guys have your head screwed on tight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they uh, made more than one mistake, and they've tripped up. Oh yeah. 
whoever, you know, cause again, this could lead in a lot of different directions, who knows, but, um, just something doesn't add up. So folks, we'll go ahead. Um, we're talking about an hour. It's been two, but I've had a great time. I mean, it flew by and I'm just so right. glad Thank you. that you guys were able to, to get that out and talk about Jeffrey and in, in that sense and the positive and the negative and just who he was. Um, he was loved, you know, and I feel like I've really yes. gotten to know him in, in my own way, the only way that I can. Um, and you guys too. And I love you guys from my heart. And I just want to do everything that I possibly can to, to help you. And I know Nick feels the same way. The guy that developed the app, he's really cool. And yeah, he said that a few times um, to me. In fact, we were going to try to get him on for this. Um, but I can't remember why we weren't able to, but, but he wanted to, yeah, he's a really, really nice guy. Really cool guy. Put all that money into doing something like yeah. that. That shows a lot. So. Well, we're not done yet. So. Yeah, no, that's what we mean. Yeah, no, it's only only begun. Um, the turtle. <laughs> the turtle always wins the race. Oh, that darn turtle. <laughs> I just like just the wisdom and just what I mean by it. It's, it's the wisdom and taking your time and just, just looking at things and not just thinking you're so fast. And that's what they are. That's, you know, they're kind of there. You just think you're so smart, like you were just saying. They're not that smart. Um, right. You know, they're not going to outrun. You can't outrun the truth. The truth always manages to emerge. Um, yeah. Yeah. When it's you do it the right way. Like your bad habits. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just like I always Absolutely. tell my kids is mom always finds out the truth, whether you think you hide it well enough or not. Mm-hmm. Mom's always mm-hmm. finding I said yep. something when I was a kid, a friend of mine's parents, I, what, what was it? It was a, uh, Fathers know best, but mothers know everything. <laughs> it really made right. me young. It was that old show, I think, called Father Knows Best or something like that. So, I remember that but it made show. Sense. Yeah, yeah, that it was true that no matter what, it didn't matter. You, you couldn't hide things from your mother. They know everything. They know what's going on. So, all right. So what we're going to do... Um, my dear listeners is hopefully we'll have the next episode out by next week. Uh, Friday is what we're, is what we're shooting for. But as you can see, this is a little fluid depending on the information because we're still working on things. We're still gathering information and there's some calls that I need to make and some things that I want to do as well and see what I can find out. But uh, tentatively, Friday, and that's where you'll get the uh, official case of how they laid it out and um, came to their determination and then closed the case. And then the third episode is where we'll lay out our arguments of what we see or really what Angel sees in, in our family and everybody and, and what I see in, and some others that we've gotten involved too um, that are really, really good at um at doing this taking cases apart and, and um taking a look and if you look this up the case uh jeffrey vance missing oregon and just look at the news reports and there's a great blog it's called the web sleuths.com um, 
blog is just filled with professionals, ex-PIs, uh, ex-MEs, uh, ex-detectives, uh, and just regular people too, but super intelligent, and they tear these things apart, and they have been able to find um, or uh, catch you know, different people in different crimes and also uh, identify people, which is even more amazing that um, were unidentifiable from the 70s and they even figured out who they were. That's some tough work right there. That's some research. So they know about this. And so they're going to be working on it too. So I just got to say to anybody, if you're listening, you're out there, if you've had any involvement, I'd, I'd be talking to somebody, telling them what's going on, doing whatever you can. Don't wait. If you wait, it's just going to be worse. It's going to be much, much worse for you. Um, and more than one, I have a feeling it's more than one, but I don't know. Right? We'll see. So um, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, guys, it's the Owl Once Was Lost podcast and the Owl Once Was Lost phone application. Please download it again. Everything is free. There's no reason in the world not to have this and, and don't even pretend for a second to tell yourself this cannot happen to you. Um, that your child can't wander off um, and in literally 10 minutes just because of bad luck and some, you know, scary person goes by and grabs them. And I hate to say that and to scare you, but I need to because it happens every day. Constantly, it's happening all the time. So, that's what makes this combination work so well is timing and real time because it's that hour. It's that first hour, the first two hours. It's not even the first 48 like that show. Okay. It's nothing like that. It's really the first hour to two hours is when you need to find out what's going on or find that person or they're probably gone. They are probably gone. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Um, just because of how far away people can get. So anyways, let's think positive. Um, you know, hopefully in the work that we're able to do here, we'll be blessed. And if we grow, if we're able to add more phones and the applications is even more important than the podcast. Just get the application. Or, um, if anything, have that. But what's good about the cast is we're able, again, to interview the family like we did here with with uh, Angel and, and friends with Kayla, but immediately with specific details that you can't fill out on an app, even though there's a lot of stuff in there of detailed information. And then please give us that five-star um, review. Again, it's not really a review. It's so people can find us. If people can't find us, they don't know we're out there. There's no excuse, you know, and we don't want a family to lose somebody, anybody, and then say, you know, if there could have been something that we had, where we could have, you know, an app, blah, whatever. There is, okay? So get out there and tell people, get on Facebook, get on Twitter, get on Snapchat, whatever it is that you use, or if there's any that I don't know of that you, you kids use <laughs> that I don't know about. Um, yeah, that's all this is going to take. Everything else is there. It's just volume, guys. That's it. So it's up to you. It really is. We can't do this on our own. It's going to take you the listeners to make this work. So again, thank you, Angel. Thank you, Kayla. Love you guys. Give my love to Jennifer and thank we'll be again soon. Obviously. Love you. love you too. 
and we'll get on this. Yeah. All right. All right. You guys guys have a good night. Talk soon. Have a good night, Drew. Bye-bye. Good night. All right.